Welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute, the daily podcast in which we analyze Suicide Squad by each individual minute. My name is Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And I'm Nathan. You can also find me on social media at NoClutchNate. And I'm Sam. You can find me at the Justice League Universe Podcast. And today we're talking about minute number 15 of Suicide Squad, which is going to start with uh, Joker's purple Lamborghini diving straight into the Hudson River Gotham Harbor uh, body of water uh, that separates Metropolis and Gotham. And then the minute's going to end with a quick dossier introduction of Captain Boomerang. But today we're only going to be talking about um, this incredible minute that is between Batman and Harley Quinn. Um, there's a lot of things that uh, subtly this scene gets right when, you know, kind of like our critiques about, all right, who's the focus of this flashback? Um, and not just the whole movie, but just like this this three-part flashback who is the who is this focusing on and why are we focusing on on this character or the other character um this is this minute explains how batman or how harley quinn ends up in uh bell rev um but why batman is the one after is is something that we'll have to get into because there there's a novelization for this movie um and there's a there's a there's a bit of dialogue between batman and harley quinn after he uh performs cpr performs cpr on her um that's in the book and is actually filmed but is deleted out of this is and so people have found the the missing part that happens right after um he basically resuscitates is that the correct word i think resuscitate resuscitates Right, brings you know, CPR is you resuscitating someone. Yeah, I think so. Um, so we'll get into that. But what's cool about this? Um, in the very beginning of this minute, the purple Lamborghini drops right into the body of water, um, and then we see like scuba Batman, right? Like he has like the rebreather. He's going into the into the body of water to to basically uh, apprehend both criminals, um, which is a good callback to like the the Batman animated series like action figures where they were like oh there's like scuba Batman there's like uh, <laughs> magnetic Batman I remember there's this like, action figure being all over Batman. the place yeah space Batman firefighter Batman uh, Bane Bat like all kinds of wacky whatever I don't know whatever Batman they could think of like oh why don't we just put like scuba tanks on them all right let's cool. do it I had a paraglider Batman that was awesome. And he was like, "Why was he awesome?" Because he had like the scuba, like a high altitude breather as well, and he hung on a paraglide. I think that's been a really good definition. Uh, definition of he can of be Batman. underwater and he can mm-hmm. be high up. When they did the zero year Batman, they were like, "Yeah, he's like dirt bike Batman. He's got short sleeves and like crossbow." And mm-hmm. it's like, I I like that Batman is allowed to have variations of outfits, and the. You know, this whole thing about, like, oh, it's like scuba Batman. You know, he's got to have this rebreather for this little part in the film. Like, it's a good nod without overdoing it about having the different outfit of Batman. I and mean, we even had armored Batman in the last film, mm-hmm. which it's, that counts. it's good to see. Yeah, it, it counts. And it's good to see. And then, like, in the next film, we'll see tactical armor Batman. Well, yeah. Okay. Wolf. Okay. But the idea is that you get to have different outfits <laughs> yeah. on Batman. 
Um, mm-hmm. I think and that's just the cool. gadgets too. Like you know, Batman didn't know that they were going to go in the water necessarily, but he's equipped with his gadget to throw in his mouth. You know, mm-hmm. and he's ready for it. That's a Batman thing too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have uh, the the grappling gun. We have the 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 uh, branding, the Bat brands. You got the kryptonite spear. You got the kryptonite grenade launcher. Like so many different things, and. That's that's the beauty of Batman for some people is he's got like all these different gadgets and all these got different toys. Action. He's got toys to play with, mm-hmm. right? Theatricality. That's the uh, word of the week. Um, yeah, I've seen Carrot Top stand up. Mm-hmm. That's not theatricality <laughs> at all. Um, what's cool about the Joker in this scene is that he's not in the scene. He's like gone, mm-hmm. which is like the most yeah. Joker thing that could have happened. You yeah. guys were saying that he doesn't show fear. I was my immediate thought was this: this is his fear, and I think it's played really well. Like Harley Quinn's scared of you know going over the the railing and into the water. Like yeah, that's that's real fear. But Joker's fear comes in right as he sees the Batmobile in the rear view, and he's immediately starting an exit plan. Like that's his. That's that's just what the character has driven Joker to do. He just always has to cut and run once that happens, but. That's that was his fear. We were talking about fear before, and yada yada yada. That's fear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, but his fear, in my opinion, was him escaping that scene that he just caused. And later he'll escape the helicopter stuff. Uh, yeah. So it's kind of, there. Even within this movie, there's kind of this uh, motif of mm-hmm. the Joker just being able to somehow get away (laughs) there's also i think there's somewhere digging real deep into this there's a fear of joker losing harley quinn so follow me he will get to it escapes this in order to save her you know what i mean he knows okay if she gets if she gets caught by batman he's not gonna kill her he's just gonna throw her back in a hole where i can break her out again okay awesome i know she's safe that's cool i'm worried about myself because i might not make it out of this one i feel like that's always joker's thinking even throughout okay. this entire movie, he's like, okay, Harley's safe until she gets recruited for this team. Then I think it kicks into high gear. Bam, I got to get her out. She's not safe mm-hmm. anymore. So right. his Joker's he's fear... He's losing control a yeah, little bit because yeah. she's, she's linking up with some other people. There you go. His fear is it's nice. the uh, well-being of his beloved fruit of his loins or whatever he described mm. it as. Part of me is like... He didn't care about her. That's why he left her there. It's Mm-mm. about me. Not that I know I'll get her back, mm. but I don't want to get caught. No, so it's always it's always the one step. I'm going to get her back. Do me a favor, Harley. Can you just sit in this car mm-hmm. while it's underwater? I'm gonna like dip. You you got me. All right, thanks, <laughs> thanks, honey. I'll see you at home later. Maybe it was always explained to her, like, hey, if you get caught by Batman, don't worry. He's not gonna kill you. He'll just put you away. And if I'm free, I can get you out. That was a good performance, Nate. Yeah, I like that. Was that that was a Joker? That was a really. That was, like yeah, it. I believe that was, it. <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe it's also reciprocating what Joker did or what Harley did for Joker in Arkham. You mm-hmm. know, he got, she got him out and now he's reciprocating that and getting her out of the situation that he But this throws is what I'm in. saying. Like, this feels like total Joker move because he's not in the scene at all. He's yeah. gone. He's like, he vanished. Magician. Mm-hmm. Tricks. Carnival. He's the same as Batman. Yeah. Uh, it, it to me it makes perfect sense that when Batman dives in to get to this car 
to apprehend him, the dude is gone. Mm-hmm. And Harley is left there injured. No concern about her safety or her health. Like, it didn't matter. You're there. You're going to get caught by the Batman. I'm scot-free. I'm out of here. And then Batman comes in. He checks to see if Harley's okay. And to me, this is this is great Batman comedy. Because it's hard to be like... It's hard to face the criticism of, oh, there's no... <laughs> There's no humor in these films, but it's like it's just done in a way that works with this type of rogues gallery Mm -hmm. and this kind of character who is Batman. And it's like the joke is that she's like incredibly violent and a simple punch knocks her out. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of like the slapstick humor of real batman it just sounds it like normal that sounds like animated series this is like opinion. animated series yeah. like he just knocks out harley quinn she does like a like a looney tunes like faint because mm-hmm. she just gets like ac you know acme hammer like you know, looney <laughs> tunes type slapstick humor it's you know it's the whole that was like the the money for warner brothers back then is just slapstick humor so it works it really does work and and i you know um you know, if that's not humorous, you know. hey, I'm just I can't saying. help you. <laughs> I'm just saying there's humor in these films. All right, you know, all right, all right. <laughs> um, when he rescues Harley Quinn. He being Batman? The Batman, Okay. Yes. He brings Harley Quinn over. She, uh, she needs CPR. He performs CPR. It turns into, like, this kind of Tim Burton type scene. I got a Tim Burton feel out of it. I don't know if you guys... Caught, got that, but it, it felt—I like, don't know—I kind of got like a little Tim Burton Batman Returns type type. I, I it, the music, yeah. Scene, I Tim, know. I wouldn't—I don't know. Tim Burton might be a little stretch because I got Tim Burton from Justice League, but I get really beginning the first Batman scene. Oh, that's yeah, it. Yeah, that's the, the only—that's the only thing. It's just the city. I'm sure, that's what, what they is. wanted it to be. And hey, if if that's what they wanted, they nailed their mark with me. Great, awesome cut print. That's lunch. I'll take it home. I bought it. Um, I bought the DVD. Yeah. Um, this her grabbing him and kissing him. It's just it seems just right. It does seem the more I think of it, it does seem more animated series. Um, and I'm not mad at it. No, I think <laughs> I think it's. I, I think it's, I think it's natural mm-hmm. in the in the Batman mythos in the Gotham City lifestyle. You know, it feels natural. Like okay, yeah, that, that makes sense. That Harley is always like, that's just who Harley Quinn is as a character. She's chaotic and mm-hmm. it's it's natural. So it works that well. But and we, oh, go for well, it. Well, I was I was just gonna say we we know that that really is her at her core because she was unconscious. Like the Joker left. She's on her own. She was unconscious. And as soon as she regains consciousness, she is right back into that zone of playing with people and toying around and whatever. And then kissing Batman, you know, like if, if she was just faking it, then we would notice it. Like if you're faking it, you wouldn't be able to turn it back on right the moment that you regain consciousness mm-hmm. from almost dying. <laughs> yeah. Oh. So that that has to be a real, at least where she is at this point in time, that is her real state of mind, is that she is just as crazy and joking around with people like the Joker. You're saying she wasn't faking the the passed out 
like no i'm saying I, yeah i i think she actually had to have been unconscious okay. is my assumption yeah. And but I, what I mean is like she's not faking with all of this toying with people mm-hmm. and just being totally wacky, psychotic, crazy, with the Joker. Like she actually is wacky, psychotic, crazy. Oh yeah. Because she goes right into it the moment that she regains consciousness. If you were faking it, you would regain consciousness, and your first thought would be, "Am I alive? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. can I breathe? Get back uh, into character. Am I okay? Yeah. Yeah. Then you would look around, and then in a few moments then you might get back into character mm-hmm. but no she is like into it as soon as she is even awake i wonder what it's like for a chaotic mind to reboot and be like all right back in it like i don't know i guess it's just roll with whatever's happening like she realized something's touching my lips i gotta kiss it i'm kissing someone <laughs> right now yeah. like and so yeah that's yeah, I I completely agree. I, I yeah. And the fact that she she laughs afterward, right? Mm-hmm. Like so she she almost died. She was drowning like you know, she was revived and then she is laughing like immediately. Yeah, her first her impulse is to uh to giggle. Is to exploit that the, the yeah. hedonistic part of it, you know, like the hedonistic part of it, which is like, hey, I'm kissing I'm kissing someone mm-hmm. and I'm alive, baby. So like <laughs> let's do it. Like and so Batman's like, all right, you're criminal and like we're not having this right now. Um the I, uh, go for it. Well, sorry, in terms of uh like revealing the Harley Quinn character though, I I have to give a lot of credit to this film because there's another moment later in the movie where Harley Quinn is also soaking wet and is on top of a vehicle. So like here, she's on top of the Batmobile, and she has the stuff that we were just talking about. She is totally crazy to the bone, and she's going on to her psychoticness immediately. But then later in the movie, it's a very similar situation with Harley wet on a car, and there we see a different layer mm-hmm. of herself mm-hmm. kind of coming out. So that shows us like, okay, from that wet, wet rainy car scene to the later rainy car scene, there has a change has happened for this character. And we saw the change. Like the change does make sense as she gets to know she's Mm -hmm. lost the Joker. She's sad about that. She's, she is trying to present herself to this new team of people that she's gotten to know. Mm -hmm. Um, But to, to not only have the character reveal later on, I think that's good filmmaking, but to also put it in a similar like echo kind of situation. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's also good filmmaking. So give them, give them kudos for that. Yeah. Absolutely, and I can't wait to talk about that scene later on because I I love the change in, in behavior that she has right in that moment where it's you know it's that later part of the film. So we'll talk about that, but yeah, just just Margot Robbie's portrayal of Harley Quinn is so good. It's it's, it's fantastic. Um, there's really nothing that the Harley Quinn character does wrong. I think what it is, it's it's her background elements get pushed up more and it starts to drown her out a little bit, not too much, but enough that it kind of confuses people like as far as the general audience. And I think if we had dialed those back, it would have made her stand out more and we would all be having a great time and appreciating her more. Cause when we take the time to like do this minute by minute and we take a closer look at her character, in my opinion, it's pretty flawless. Like they nail the character pretty well. Um, as far as writing and portrayal and, you know, this is like Mm -hmm. her plot points that she needs to hit. It's on point. We just need to dial back everything else so that we don't muddle her. So yeah, fantastic. And I could not agree more. The, 
the extended part of this scene that's cut out, which um, alludes to the Robin history, is and and probably the motivation for Joker. So cutting this out, I don't know what the rule is for you guys, but it's in the novelization, and this scene is found. So if we, if you guys want to, you can look it up and you can find the footage. But Batman, after she laughs at making out with him, he tells her that Joker took something from him, and now I'm going to take something from him. <laughs> Joker took something from me. Jo- Joker took something, something from me, from now him. I'm going to take something from him. Mm-hmm. And he's referring that he's going to lock up Harley Quinn, and now he, you know. Um, it's in the book. There's there's actual footage of it, so that scene. And is Ben doing the, he's, ben. he has yeah. dialogue? Yeah, the, um, um, the modulator and everything. Mm-hmm. So the scene exists. But taking it out, you, you, I mean, to me, that is the motivation now when we see Joker later in the film going like, you know, the Batman took my Harley Quinn, my, my trophy, my, my claim to fame, the thing that was making me famous, my, my yeah. ace in the hole kind of thing. Um, Mine's Harvey. Yeah. And so that, to me, seems kind of important. I, I, I probably would have left it in, but what do you guys think? I would have left it in just because it, it, it doesn't give you an exact answer to what a scene you saw in Dawn of Justice, but it, it, it makes it, it kind of just wraps it around it. It draws a circle from, not even a circle, it, it just like draws it a point. It completes a circle. It, no, because it doesn't complete it. It just draws a point where it's like, okay, we got there. <laughs> Thanks. We got, we got from point A that you saw and had a million questions about. Now here's just a little something so you stop asking those questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, any any chance to connect to Batman v Superman, I'm gonna take it just because I like Batman v Superman. <laughs> yeah, so much. that's yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm right there with you. <laughs> the if it were up to me, the thing is, I would have to strike out the line of Harley Quinn's like when her bio comes up on the screen, right? That's where it says oh, yeah. accomplice in the murder, yeah. right? Yeah. Of Robin, which I feel oh, like it was yeah. like an afterthought. Like, uh, yeah, I think like a graphic person might have put mm-hmm. that up or something. I think that's what messes it up, and that might be why they had to take out the line, because if it were up to me, I would say Joker had the run-in with Robin in the past, and then Harley is more of a recent thing. Um, yeah. Because also you mentioned her age. Like, she she would be way too young for, like, all of this stuff to have happened and to get her degree in psychology or psychiatry or whatever, and it just, like, to me, the timeline doesn't work out very well if you try to put her at the Robin mm-hmm. incident. But if you take her out of the Robin incident, that can be Joker could have done that any time in the last 10, 20 exactly. years or whatever, you know, the span of Batman. And then you don't have to worry about, okay, Harley can, Harley can come in later, and then Batman can say, I'm going to take this from Joker because he took Robin yeah. from me. And it can just be separate events. It doesn't have to be that Harley was there for the Robin thing. So that's how I would do it. I think it would clean up the timeline a mm-hmm. lot if you didn't have to put Harley at the Robin incident. Yeah. I, I guess we kind of like soft answered it in our head where uh, with Harley's age, it's like yeah. she, she was a prodigy. Maybe she did graduate college at 16. Oh. Like it's, it's, <laughs> it's kind of silly to just accept that. But at the yeah. same time, we had that more, conversation with, you have, you, you have to do you, something. Yeah. You basically yeah. have to, because they literally printed the yeah. date. So mm-hmm. yeah, there's no other way to do it except for to say, well, I guess she got her degree. Yeah. Really? Young. A real Doogie Howser that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And <laughs> well, any, it just, if you accept that, then it's another point towards my theory that she's just so 
so smart. Yeah, she's a schmatty. And I mean, she very well could have been 18, 19 years old, proving to this new love mm-hmm. of hers, like, oh, I can be on your same level. All right, go kill that Robin. Hmm. Give me the, give that me the head. That was just the beginning. And that was just the beginning. Mm-hmm. Eyebrow raise, and we did it. Yes, absolutely. Um, well, if anything, I, I felt like including this little snippet would have meant more to... So let's take... Even though I love the club scene, let's say we take it out. Take out the Monster T scene. And then just add this one instead. Mm-hmm. Like It's like, that one's okay. That that shows the Joker's crazy in like a line, like, and like gives him his importance, but also explains why. Which well, I guess it's weird. You don't have to explain why Batman is sending Harley Quinn to Bell Rev. He just does it because he's Batman. So, but maybe. I wonder if they took it out because they're again they're trying they were switching focus again. Maybe it's like okay when you add the line about Robin, the ba- this the focus inadvertently switches to Batman. Superman, like the movie. Not even that, just oh. straight to Batman, and then it brings you more questions. Oh, what happened there? Oh, whoa, 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 that's Batman's story. But you're you're just going back to something you've already mentioned. Which Maybe is good. they didn't think that. Maybe they didn't think that backtracking was the right way. Maybe they thought that having that scene, in fact, opens the door to a whole another can of worms. I would rather have that snippet can uh, refer back to an earlier scene within the universe mm-hmm. than to have the monster T scene and have me questioning what <laughs> common is yeah. <laughs> like what I don't, d- maybe let's not do that part. Let's do the part where the Robin suit was yeah. mentioned. And then the Harley Quinn graphic card said accomplice to the murder of Robin. And then Batman saying he took something from me. I'm going to take something from him. And it's like, we are connecting yeah. an arc here, guys. Like we're completing this. this <laughs> Hello, have you ever read a book? <laughs> yes. Like we're we're filling in the gaps. My father fought in the Clone Wars. Like yes, <laughs> dude. We're completing it. We're letting. We're gonna do it in a way that we don't have to really spoon feed you, but we can put the pieces together. Mm-hmm. What am I gonna do with the Monster T bit? What am I? Yeah. What is that? Question I'm, things. Like yeah. I'm gonna hold on to this. What are, we're gonna come back to this, right? Is someone gonna tell me? Like no. Okay. No. So. I don't know. It just seems like why why that and not this kind of thing. Just, uh, I'm right there with you. Yeah, it got me, man. <sighs> Closing notes. <laughs> <laughs> well, the bat suit looks really good. You mentioned that you know he has different varieties of suits at different times. This bat suit, like the BBS one, basically, it looks really good here too. Like in water, and then when he comes out in wet, it still looks really good. Um, so I think that's just cool with the costuming department that, uh, and more kudos to that. And I think the, like Nate mentioned yesterday that this sequence is like one of his favorite parts of the movie, mm-hmm. right? Nate? Yeah. Yeah. I, I concur like the, the editing and how like smooth it was from Batman, like going up and then diving down and then going into the water, just really, really smooth, uh, good motion and energy. Yeah. And when they're underwater, I thought the lighting was really cool underwater. Like you could see the bubbles, you could see what was happening the car like was sheening with its purple glints, mm-hmm. even though it was underwater. It was just visually like a very rich, well done you know, moment here. It's, it's, it's a short little scene, but I really well executed. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's. Um, it, I remember even I think in one of the last trailers that they showed, it showed this Batman doing his swan dive and his thing, and that was one of the whole selling points of that action figure that was on every single shelf. Because um, I think they they did show this like. 
opening week of the movie. I think this was like the trailer that they released and it showed Batman. Um, but it just like makes me constantly question because there were resh- reshoots for this movie because it was were. it was after Deadpool. Let's make it funny or whatever. Seeing scenes like yesterday and today, fourteen and fifteen, and that seriousness of the cat and mouse between Joker, Batman, and Harley, it makes me question. Well, what what at what point like was was that a super serious movie? Was there at one point you guys sitting around and you saw all these Joker, Harley Quinn, and and like the Gotham scenes or whatever, and realize, whoa, we need to tone it back because that's a completely separate movie. Um, that's what was the tone? Guy. Yeah, what was the tone more serious because of these? tie-ins that we've had to the previous universe i don't i don't know and it just makes me question that so hard it's how serious was this movie i think they yeah it's it's kind of interesting to think about i think that they put in a lot more of the licensed music like uh that's my impression they wanted to try to play those up as having oh that has a cool edge when you have all this music put in but i think there's times in the movie where there's too much Mm -hmm. music put in like licensed music um if you're on Twitter, DC Connections, um, he's at DC underscore Connections on Twitter. Um, he, I think, hit the nail on the head in terms of the reshoots, where the uh, the heart of Enchantress and then the like, the wispy light uh, Enchantress who like dances and mm-hmm. stuff. Um, he thinks he he's kind of pinpointed that that was part of the reshoots, and that the reason it goes back to the smoky Enchantress for the final fight scene was because that was actually the original Enchantress. She was just the smoky witch, like, all the way mm-hmm. throughout. And that uh, the original ending was not stabbing the heart. The original ending was actually that Katana, like, uh, has the soul catcher sword, soul taker sword. Mm-hmm. And they somehow use that sword to cut Enchantress, and it takes away the witch soul, and it leaves the June Moon soul. Nah, that's cool. Um, but he, he has a whole thread you can kind of see. And as I was looking at it, I'm like, yeah, this seems like exactly what happened, because... If you go back through and look at the heart stuff, you can kind of tell that a lot of it was filmed. Like, it was like the heart is only mentioned by Amanda Waller, like, as an afterthought. Like, you Mm -hmm. see the whole intro of June Moon and finding the Enchantress and stuff. And then if you watch, Waller just says in dialogue, and then we went back to the cave and we found her heart. Mm -hmm. Like, that seems like exactly what you would do if it was added several months later yeah so. um so sounds like the <laughs> and also i i liked the smoky witch like a lot better than i liked the dancing witch but you guys will have those minutes you have to deal I with i just later. like enchantress <laughs> so at, you know it's i can't really complain i do think the whole like oh if you kill if you kill the heart then enchantress and june moon dies but then june moon doesn't die and it's that was always to me like okay so the guy got his cake and was able to eat it too. Yep. Like he got both. Yep. Like that was a big like, what? I thought this was about sacrifice. Yep. Um, and so that that always seemed tricky. But it does like when those like item MacGuffin things mm-hmm. are a part of superhero movies. I always feel like that's something that hey, we need this because the audience is dumb and we need to like explain it to them. Like when they say hey every parademon that explodes somehow has like these mother box designs just like in luther's notes about mother boxes and then you go mm-hmm. to this village oh that's a good yeah that's a good <laughs> connection because with the mother box or you know really hammering the mother boxes seems like part of the reshoots of justice league and with suicide squad they really hammer the heart like they tell you no, they, four they or five times like remember the heart like you know like it's it could not be more obvious and i know some people in the general audience 
they actually appreciate having something be really clear so that, that nobody misses mm-hmm. it. But to me, there's also the downside of like, wow, you're, you're really not being very subtle mm-hmm. about that stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I, I do feel like Katana was like literally cut down uh, to like uh, some sort of like Boba Fett bounty hunter. Like, oh, you're not evil, but hey, welcome aboard and try to keep up. Like, why are you here? Why was Katana a part of it? Yeah, and and the, the I do, I always think about the the actual soul cut like soul catching shot in the trailer where the sword does absorb some sort of soul. I thought it was absorbing a henchman, but now it makes more sense if it was Enchantress's evil spirit, um, or it could have been multiple souls. Like they tell you at the beginning, it takes the soul of its victim. Then at some point in the middle, they remind you by showing it take somebody's soul. And then at the end, it for the climax, it's like what saves the day to actually take like Enchantress's soul back. Mm-hmm. And it could have, you know, it could have been one of those things that were, um, you know, like she can get hurt by weapons, but doesn't realize that that sword that cut her has like a magic ability. So right. she's like, oh, um, like weapons cannot like kill me, but it's like it's not meant to kill you. It's just going to steal soul out of your body. Where is this cut? I'm going to find it right now. I'm kidding. But, uh, yeah, it sounds so good. Yeah, <laughs> It's like Katana should have been the ace in the hole versus, I think, in Amanda's thinking, Rick was the ace in the hole. Mm. Now, you know, up until now, I didn't, I had, you know, like, I, I believe in the, the Snyder cut. I believe in it. I believe that it's a totally different film that it would have been great. But up until now, I had always thought that David Ayer had kind of like one version of this film, which is what we saw. And, I, and you know, some people are kind of like on the David Ayer, there's like a secret director's cut of this film that's totally different. You know, some people want to see it. Um, and until now, I didn't believe that. But now, hearing that, I I, I think you guys might be onto something. Possibly. Yeah, I, I'm... Yeah, there's also a, a photo has surfaced at the very end of the movie, and Diablo is standing there, like, right with the team. So they're saying, like, it was not... So the rewrites put the heart in and made Diablo, like, sacrifice himself to kill Incubus. But in the original version, that was a different a different ending. All right. Um, but anyway, yeah, yeah that's air cut. Yeah. <laughs> that's so disappointing. That's so disappointing. Um, I hope you're wrong so i don't have to live with that reality but that's no i i want to see that version now i really do i hope i hope maybe at least they retcon some things in the next film they're just like yeah she has the enchantress power back like we're i don't know do something diablo he lived on through like some sort of through the embers or magic yeah through magic Mm -hmm. that usually solves everything um but no yeah that that's kind of like where that's all the notes I had for this whole. Oh, but, yeah, for sure. Yeah, but Anything closing? Yeah, as far as closing, uh, Sam, thank you for joining us for season three of Suicide mm-hmm. Squad. It's been, so far, oh, yeah. like, we're three weeks in. It's been an absolute blast. It's been, like, e- awesome. despite the critiques, despite, you know, uh, nitpicking certain things, because that's going to happen when you do it minute by minute. But overall, yeah. it's still, like, an enjoyable film to just be like, Oh look, there's Joker, there's Batman, there's Harley Quinn. It's like their performances yeah. are bad. I'm glad, 
Yeah, I, uh, I'm glad you guys are having fun because I remember listening to you guys when you were looking ahead and you s- kind of said you were not very excited about doing Suicide Squad, but you're, you were sort of like, well, but I, I guess we'll just suck it up and do it, but I'm glad you guys are actually having fun with it. We did our, on the JLU podcast, we did our Suicide Squad analysis. Uh, we already finished like the whole movie. And to me, this movie is not as good as Man of Steel or BVS. I love both of those first two movies a lot. Um, this one is not that good, but I also actually had fun going through the movie, and I found some new things that I appreciated a little bit more about it. Um, so, yeah, for me, you can you can find good stuff if you're willing to look for it. And, um, yeah, and it is one where when you look at it in detail, you can kind of have fun talking about it. And even the, even the stuff that is not great, it's kind of fun to try to think about what could have been done differently or try to really articulate what the flaw was. Because I... I I get annoyed with all the talk online about like, oh yeah, I didn't like that movie. It was stupid. I'm like, can you say something yep. more detailed about like a, an actual critique of like what you didn't like about it or tell me why it didn't work? But a lot of people online, they just say rankings and scores. They don't like talk about the actual yeah. mechanics and details <laughs> of the film. It's all arbitrary. Yeah. I think... It doesn't help me at all to just say, yep. oh, I yeah. didn't like it. Nope. I'm like, I need, I need to, like, tell me what didn't work and tell me why it yeah. didn't work. I think, like, we really just need to not go in so hard on the film, like, trying to trying to, to nitpick. I think the actual, like, trying to, you know, it's like, just relax and watch the film. Yeah. And then, you, like, mm-hmm. the less we try, the, the more those flaws kind of, like, come and go. Like, the Joker Club scene, yes, it's not really about Harley. Like, there's critiques in the moment. But it doesn't ruin the film, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think that's mm-hmm. that should be kind of like the takeaway. Like, okay, that didn't really work, but like, it's not supposed to be a masterpiece. Let's just move on. And so, like, you know, it's it does have its mm-hmm. moments. Um, I think when we did when we were kind of like Ugh, about doing Suicide Squad at first, the notion at the time was, yo, that Wonder Woman movie was awesome. Yeah, and I can't <laughs> wait to talk about it. But oh, <laughs> uh, we got to talk about this film first. Yeah. So, um, and then we like mm-hmm. it was like during Man of Steel, and we're like, we still have to do 187 minutes of Dawn of Justice, which we did, and you can listen to them on our feed. But anyways, we had to do that film, and then we're like, okay, we have to do Suicide Squad, and then we get to Wonder Woman. Um, and so that mm-hmm. you know, we're just having a good time, and we'll just uh, you know, good good things come to those who wait. I th- yeah, I think yeah, it's something like I that. I think it's uh, I think that's the quote. But uh, yeah, before we go, Sam, tell us where we can find you. What you got going on? Yeah, I mean the main thing is the JLU podcast. We have a really great group of collaborators. It's a lot of fun working with them. Uh, and yeah, we kind of compile our thoughts together on the movies. So on Twitter, we're at JLU Podcast. Um, on Patreon, we're at JLU Podcast. Uh, you can email us jlupodcast at gmail dot com. Um, so yeah, that's, that's the main thing. Um, I also enjoy reading the comics still. Um, and I enjoy other movies. Uh, you know, I'm Star Wars fan, Star Trek fan, a lot of exciting stuff in the Star Trek universe. So, um, I enjoy a lot of that stuff, but, uh, definitely the, the DC films, uh, are my main bread and butter. And I'm also looking forward to the next generation of films, you know, coming out very soon here. Really? Get it? The next generation? Uh-huh. Oh. All right. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> um, <laughs> You can find us on all social media at DCEU Minute and the Facebook group, the DC Cinematic Minute Listener Society. We're also on Patreon. There's no real reward tier, but, 
you know, at least a dollar a month helps us do things like do live shows in other states and um, do some more stuff that helps out the, the podcast as far as equipment and stuff. So it really helps us. Um, and it's greatly appreciated for those who subscribe. We also have uh, lots of merchandise on TeePublic. Uh, if you're looking for a cool T-shirt, cool coffee mug, or just stickers, you can find us at TeePublic. Uh, user is Too Old Media, and you can get, I think we have two designs for our DC Cinematic Podcast. So definitely check that out, and we'll check you guys next week for minute number 16 of Suicide Squad.